The following sermon is brought to you by New Covenant Community Church, a Bible-based church located on Route 62 east of Johnstown, Ohio. To learn about New Covenant Community Church, visit www.new-covenant.org. Again, that is new-covenant.org. Now, enjoy the message. Take your Bibles to Revelation chapter 20. The book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, the 20th chapter, is where we should all be taking the Word of God to. And as I always encourage you, if you do have a device that you are getting God's Word on, be it a phone or a tablet of some type, uh, make sure it is undistracted. Make it such that you are not tempted to search social media and to be distracted by other things that will be on that device, I encourage you and challenge you to give, give this time to the Lord. Revelation chapter 20. We will be there briefly. Uh, I will forget many numbers in my lifetime, and I've already begun the process of forgetting addresses, street addresses that I've lived at, and so on and so forth. But one number that I will never forget is the number 1,266. And the reason I will never forget 1,266 is because that is the number of hay bales that we bailed when I was 13 years old that summer. And uh, when I was 13, I, you know, in years prior to that, I had only been able just to sit on the tractor seat while the men in the family were able to take the hay bales off of the wagon and stack them into the barn but when I was 13 I had finally gone through enough of a growth spurt and was strong enough that I was able to actually help with stacking of the hay barely but I was I was able to do it I was able to lift the bales that were 45 sometimes even 50 pounds very tightly packed hay bales and to toss them into the barn loft where they would then be stacked and I can remember as if it were yesterday what that felt like as having a body barely strong enough to lift these hay bales and my shoulders were burning and we were somewhere in the five or six hundred range that we had just completed and it just seemed like an endless line of of these hay wagons just innumerable hay bales that we just had to stack in this barn loft and and i remember then realizing while many people that they they will bale hay for a living they'll actually wear hay baling chaps is because you're using your legs to hoist these hay bales around and if you've lived on a farm and you know exactly what I'm talking about I remember that my jeans had almost completely wore through so my hands were blistered my legs were raw my shoulders were burning and all I wanted was a break I wanted to sit outside underneath the shade of the shade tree with one of those big old-fashioned water jugs that everyone carried around to sports events in the 90s that had ice in it and it kept ice for like 85 days and I wanted to sit in the shade and just have a break was all I wanted and sometimes in our world today we kind of feel the same way don't we things coming to us it seems like an endless supply of wagons and on the wagons are riots and confusion and political upheaval and pandemics and boy it's been a year and and, and really just we see the time we're progressing into it's it's really quite daunting and I think that sometimes we just want a break and unlike thankfully bailing 1,266 hay bales with seemingly no end in sight in our prophetic blueprint of God's Word that He gives us concerning things of the future that we are marching towards, uh, there is a break coming. 
And the Bible calls it the millennial reign of Christ. A thousand years of Christ ruling on this earth. So the question on the table today is, is how do we bale hay today knowing that a good long break is coming? We're standing, you're standing with me on the hay wagon, hay bales underneath our feet that we're picking up and tossing into the loft, knowing that when this trailer is unloaded, when this hay wagon is unloaded, that indeed a break will come. After that, we get to sit in the shade tree and drink our cool water. We get to pour the water over our heads. We get to enjoy a break. How should we bale hay? How should we stack hay knowing that it's coming? In other words, how do we live for Christ today? Everyone say the word today. How do we live for Christ today? Serving Him, honoring Him, living for Him, knowing that this present evil in which we are residing absolutely will, everyone shout the word will, will be brought into submission of our Lord Jesus Christ during this millennial reign. So let's go to the Lord and ask Him to help us with His word. Father in heaven, let us decrease, may you increase, and let our hope be founded on all of the truths that your word reveals to us. In Jesus' name. And we all say together, Amen. Uh, welcome to those of you that are visiting. If, if you are joining into this series for the very first time, let me take 20 seconds to get you caught up in what we have covered so far. The world is increasing in lawlessness. No duh, we see that. The Bible tells us that would happen. We see it on the news. We know that that is happening. Someday, the prophetic blueprint of God's Word that we're excited about, that we've been reading and studying, it tells us that someday Jesus will be seen in the sky. He will bring with Him the souls of those who have already fallen asleep in Christ. They'll be reunited with their bodies which will rise first. You and I then will be changed in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye, and then we will be caught up together to be with the Lord in the air. Then, at some point in time, the restrainer, which we know to be the Holy Spirit that is in the world today, restraining this Antichrist, this human man that will be brought up, that will be a, a protege of Satan himself, will be brought up and he will come forward when the Holy Spirit removes himself and allows the Antichrist, this person who will bring about this mark that must be on human bodies to buy and sell, will bring about this terrible time, he'll usher in the great tribulation, this great tribulation will come to pass. It will be a time on the earth worse than it has ever been before. We see that God is both pouring out His judgment on wickedness, but also His great grace and love because we know that many people will become saved. They will turn to the Lord Jesus Christ in the great tribulation. Our prophetic blueprint also tells us that Christ will then return to earth. Not in the sense to collect us, but in the sense that He's coming back with us. You and I will be riding on white horses our king, our captain, our savior, he'll be riding on a white horse. And there will only be one that day dressed in battle attire, and it will be the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Then, the millennial reign of Christ on earth will occur. Do I know exactly when that will occur? No. But I believe that it will occur. This millennial reign, a thousand years of Christ reigning on this earth, which is a time of great peace. Now, there are three main theological views of the millennial reign of Christ. Now, not to bore you with a seminary class, but you will hear these three terms when you're talking to people about this biblical topic. And I, I believe it's very important for you to know what they are. There are some people who believe in post-millennialism. They believe that Jesus will come to the earth after the millennium. 
that there will be a thousand years of peace here on earth, and at the end of that thousand years, then Jesus will come. I believe that this view is incredibly easy to dismiss because the Bible tells us that we're moving towards times that are terrible times, perilous times will come, Paul said to Timothy. And we know this to be true, namely through God's Word, but we see it in our world today that we are progressively going into a world that is more and more lawless. So the view that somehow the earth will become more peaceful as the gospel is preached for a thousand years, I don't necessarily see that in Scripture. The second theological viewpoint is amillennialism. And this is the understanding that there is no actual earthly reign of Christ that's a thousand years of peace. They believe it to be something that's figurative, that, that the souls of people that we know and love who know the Lord Jesus Christ that have died, that they're experiencing today this thousand years of peace in heaven with Jesus. I don't see that being true because it's very clear that this time, this millennial reign will not be Jesus reigning in heaven. It will be Jesus reigning on earth. So, and I certainly don't want to speak on behalf of all of our theological views, but what I believe most of us would probably consider ourselves today seeing the viewpoint that we would see being most clear and most evident in scripture is pre-millennialism, that Christ will come before pre the millennium, pre millennialism and such that he comes and then the thousand years of Christ reigning on the earth will then come and here's why I believe that I see this and perhaps you see the same thing it's because this book of revelation which we know is written by God through John the revelator the apostle John and God is giving him these visions multiple visions showing him multiple things and John is the pen with which God is using to write it. And John is simply doing what the Lord Jesus Christ told him to do. He's saying, write down what you see. So John is writing, he says, then I saw such and such. Then I saw such and such. Then I saw such and such. He says, then I saw the rapture of the church. I saw those, the, the, the dead in Christ rising first, John says. I saw the believers being changed in the twinkling of an eye in a moment. I saw the beast rising up out of the sea. I saw this Antichrist, this human man that would come up and bring about this terrible tribulation. I, then I, then saw, I saw the tribulation. Then I saw Christ's return, coming with all the saints of heaven, riding on white horses. Christ with this sword, the word, the spirit of his word coming out of his mouth, which would destroy the work of the Antichrist and his kingdom. So then this next, then I saw, comes in Revelation chapter 20. So if you're ready for God's Word this morning, everyone say glory to God. Now we look to Revelation 20 and verse 1. It says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain was in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and he cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal on him, so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. Then verse 4 tells us about the saints reigning with Christ. Verse 4 says, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded, for their witness to Jesus Christ, and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark of the beast on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So what do we see in this blueprint? As again, this is one of those areas where much is unknown, but there are some key pieces. Like construction workers that are, 
are learning about the blueprint and, and they're, they're learning to see what the, the maker of the blueprint was, his intention was, and, and they're, they're seeing these things and there's some things that are unclear to them. But there are a couple pieces that the construction workers see and say, we know at least this much is true. So what I'm saying to you this morning is there are some things that we see of this millennial reign that we know this much at least is sure. And the very first one I would say in our point of number one that we can write down is the millennium will indeed come. The millennium will indeed come. So when we bail hay, church, we ought not to do it as if no break is coming. We ought not to bail hay as if we've got multiple thousands of bales and we're never going to get a chance to sit underneath the shade tree and drink ice cold water and enjoy that rest. We ought not to do it in that drudgery like we feel like this is just going to continue on with riots and, and pandemics and confusion and broken relationships and all the things that come our way. We ought not to, we ought not to do it in drudgery. We ought, not, we ought to do it in such a way that we recognize the truth of God's Word, this one piece that we can see is true, that the millennium will indeed come. There is a break coming. A thousand years of Christ ruling on the earth. That time is indeed coming. And if you believe it and are excited about it, say amen. Now, if you don't believe that a break is coming, if you and I were standing in the barn loft where it is north of 110 degrees and we feel as though there are thousands of bales, there's no break. If, if someone told us, hey, after this wagon gets unloaded, you get a 20-minute break underneath the shade tree. If you don't believe that person, you will continue on in great drudgery and a lack of hope. Much in the same way, if you and I are going through our lives today, living for the Lord Jesus Christ, obeying Him, trusting Him, following Him, serving Him, honoring Him, and we don't believe that a break is coming, we, we believe that this just increase in wickedness is just coming and it's coming and this is, this is all we'll ever know, all we'll ever experience is what we're experiencing right now. If we allow ourselves to be that short-sighted, we will indeed go through life as if there are multiple thousands of bales of hay to stack in the loft without a break. But I'm telling you today, church, that there is a break coming. When this wagon is unloaded, a break is coming. When you pull a wagon into the barn, you don't know exactly how many bales of hay are on it, perhaps. You don't know exactly how long it's going to take you to stack into the barn. There are certain things in God's Word that, that must come to pass. The, the return of Jesus Christ, the destruction of this world through the tribulation, Jesus coming back. These things must happen. We don't know exactly when they will be, but we trust that when this wagon is unloaded, that when God has accomplished the things that He has said and already set forth in motion that will be accomplished, when that comes, there will indeed be a millennium that will indeed come. Now, I'd like to tell you not only about it's coming, but some details of it's coming. Look back with me, if you would, to Revelation 20, verse 1. We've already read these verses. Verse 1, Then I saw the angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil, and Satan. I think the Bible wants to make us know, make it known that who it's talking about here. There's no question. It uses all of his names. Dragon, serpent of old, devil, Satan. That's the one who's going to be bound during this thousand years. 
Moving on, it says, And it bound him four thousand years, verse 3, And he cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal on him, so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. During this millennial reign of Christ, there will be a time in which the devil is set in a kind of prison such that he cannot work on the earth in the way that he is working this very day. And this time that will come about, that Jesus will be in charge of, that will be serving him in and with and through, this time when Satan is bound for a thousand years, some very interesting things will happen. In Isaiah 2, verses 1-4, through it says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, and to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us His ways, and we shall walk in His paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. Now listen to this church, focus in. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. If you remember, church, when we preached through the Great Tribulation, one of the curses that comes upon this earth that both condemns the wicked and draws those who will be saved to the Lord Jesus Christ, that one of the plagues is that peace would be removed from the earth. But during the millennial reign, when Christ is ruling on the earth, there's going to be great peace that comes about. There will be no use for the weapons of war that we know anymore. Perhaps, and I don't know if there will be cars and the types of things during the millennial reign like we use them today, but perhaps you would drive past a farm field and rather than seeing a tractor pulling the plow, you'll see a tank. Because that thing is no good for war anymore. There's no wars anymore. Jesus is going to judge among the nations. He will be the one standing in the middle. No longer this fight for power that we see in our world anymore. There will be no more military as we know it today. There will be no more world leaders that posture themselves against each other and sometimes with each other against other nations. There will be no President Donald Trump. No Vladimir Putin. Kim Jong-un, Benjamin Netanyahu, none of these world leaders that we see and we hear many things about today's world will not be like that during the millennial reign. There will be great peace among the people. Now, it will not just be people among whom there will be peace, but it will be animals too. Paint this picture. You remember again in the tribulation, peace was removed from the earth. And when peace was removed from the earth, animals, as best we can tell, peaceful, flighty, domesticated animals will then become vicious against humans, many of which will become killers of humans because this peace that is normally in them will then be removed from them and the entire earth. But when Jesus comes, when the millennial reign is happening, when we get our break in the shade church, someone say amen. When we get our break from all these things, there will be peace among people and there will be peace among animals. Isaiah 65, verse 25, it says, And the wolf and the lamb shall feed together and the lion shall eat straw like an ox isn't that something it's pretty clear to me that the prophet isaiah was not born nor did he live in ohio because if he was he would have said instead of saying that the wolf and lamb were going to feed together it would have been the raccoon and the laying hen but that's uh, instead of saying that the lion was going to eat straw like an ox he would have said that the coyote was going to eat grass like the dairy cow but 
Point number two, church, the millennium will be a time of unprecedented peace. I've come to hate the word unprecedented because it's become a word that we've heard a lot of this year, so I decided to redeem it this morning. In Jesus' name, unprecedented. It'll be an unprecedented time of peace. We're experiencing unprecedented lawlessness in our world today. The millennial reign is coming in which we will experience unprecedented peace. And this is not a figurative, elusive kind of thing. This is a very, very real time. As real as you and I are here standing today, this is what we will experience in the millennial reign. In Luke 22, verse 30, Jesus said to His disciples that they would eat and drink at His table. Literally. That wasn't a figurative thing. He will eat and drink with them in the same way that after He had risen out of the grave, He went to the disciples and He ate with them. I think it was fish and some honeycomb that they gave Him to eat. And He sat and ate with them. Now, was He still the glorified Son of God that could walk through walls and do all the things that He could do? Absolutely. But He, he literally, physically ate and drank and, and had drink. And we'll be able to do those things with Him. His disciples will do those things with Him in the millennial reign. He will sit at tables. They will sit at a table that He has set. The Bible says in Revelation 2, verse 27, that He shall rule them with a rod of iron. This is a real time in which Jesus will be the King of the earth. It will be a peaceful time. A thousand years of this great time of sitting underneath the shade tree, getting the rest that we so desperately need in our world today. So what, I'm ho- what I hope I'm able to do right now, church, is to paint this picture in your mind to remind you that a, that a break is indeed coming. If you've ever baled hay before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They pull the wagon into the barn, and usually the farmers that are out there actually baling the hay and putting it on the wagon before they draw it into the barn, they put the heaviest bales on the bottom so that this, as you stack it on the wagon, the stack stays secure and it stays upright. You don't want the heaviest ones on top where it'll topple over. And as kids, I can remember this. You'd get to the bottom right before that deck of the wagon and you'd pick up those bales. And man, sometimes, sometimes they'd have a little bit of moisture in them. Sometimes they were just packed tighter, which is why they were heavy. And you'd pick that thing up and it was like, man, this thing. And, and you, how am I going to heave this thing up into the loft? And, and quite honestly, as kids, we made a joke because the farmer that actually bailed the hay had actually lost his leg in a combine accident. So as kids, we'd always make the joke and be like, oh, this is the bale that's got the farmer's leg in it. You know, we've got to heave this thing. <laughs> terrible joke, but we would make it all the time and it kept us laughing as we, we went along bailing hay. And, but what I want to tell you, church, is that as God is accomplishing the things that He's accomplishing throughout redemptive history, and we all see and feel, we see it in God's Word, that the stacks of the bales are getting lower. We're getting down to that base level when Christ will accomplish these things. And as we've gotten down lower, the bales have gotten heavier. And I believe, if you believe that, say amen. We feel that the bales have gotten heavier. We feel this oppression in our world, this darkness in this world that is this kingdom of Satan kind of world. So what am I saying? I'm saying if, you, if we're down to those heavy bales, just take heart. We know that this millennial reign peaceful time is coming. The time of sitting underneath the shade tree is indeed coming. So when we serve Jesus today, this week, let's go through this time with a smile on our face. Recognize it, but bring on the heavy bales. I'm, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep living for the Lord. I'm going to keep saying that this is right. No, I'm not confused about which bathroom I should use. That's wrong to say that men should go into a women's bathroom, period. I'm going to keep moving me and my family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm going to keep bailing this hay. God will accomplish what He will accomplish in His time. And I believe that a millennial reign, a time of unprecedented peace, is indeed coming. And I'm looking forward to that. And if you are too, say amen. So this blueprint tells us 
that the millennial reign will indeed come and that the millennial reign will be a time of unprecedented peace. Now let's go to verse 4 in the Word of God, Revelation 20. And it describes to us this time of saints, you and me with Jesus. And it says, And I saw thrones, John says, and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the Word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ. Everyone say reigned with Christ with me. Ready, set, go. Reigned with Christ for a thousand years. I'm not really sure where the notion has come from, but when you talk to even sometimes Christians, there's this feeling among people that during the millennial reign or heaven afterwards, the new heaven and the new earth that Jesus will create, they see the life after this one, even with Jesus as being this like boring, nothing to do, everything's perfect, so therefore let's just strum on a harp and there's just this boring time that comes about. And I'm not really sure where that came from, but as best I can tell, there will still be work to do. There's still purpose. Perhaps more of a sense of purpose and achievement than we've ever had before. Uh, as far as I can tell, church, in the millennial reign and even eternity after, there's going to be food to harvest, roads to pave, properties to tend to. I mean, I believe that certainly our work will be different. We'll be in this pristine condition with Jesus there. It'll be a non-headache, nagging, the type of work stress things that we deal with in this kingdom of Satan kind of way. We won't experience that when it's the kingdom of Christ, this millennial reign of peace, peace and then eternity after. I don't believe that we'll have those things. I've had people ask me before, Pastor Ben, what, what do you think my job will be in the millennial reign and in eternity after? And I'll give them the best theological answer they've ever heard and I say I have no clue how am I supposed to know what you're going to do but perhaps and this is one of these things that we don't have a whole lot of clarity on from God's word but perhaps perhaps the things that God has made us to do on this earth that we're passionate about we'll be doing then uh, you know Scott I think of you and, and managing people that give aid to people that are raising dairy cows I, sometimes I wonder for for him and his family, if, they, if they'll be helping people that are tending to the cattle on a thousand hills for Christ. I don't know if big, large diesel trucks will be around during that time, but I'm imagining that whatever big things are used to transport goods, I just think that maybe they'll be stopping right across the street at Flores Diesel to get repairs. I don't know, but just a thought, perhaps. What I do know, however, is that there is a particular role in this blueprint that we see that is certain. And it says that we will live and reign with Christ for a thousand years. And we have some details on this. Revelation 2, verse 26. Jesus says, And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. In Matthew 19, Jesus tells his disciples that they themselves, be, he says, because you have followed me, because you twelve have, have been with me and followed me and, and been faithful, I'm going to set you over the twelve tribes of Israel in this millennial reign. You are going to be rulers over them. You'll have power over those nations. In 1 Corinthians 6, verse 1 through 3, it says, Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? You do not know, do you not know that you will judge angels? How much more? 
things that pertain to this life. When Christ is on the ultimate throne, He's going to appoint to believers, to faithful believers. He's going to give them authority over certain regions, certain cities, and there will be a ruling and reigning with Christ. So point number three, the millennium will be be a time of Christ-exalting leadership. The millennium will be a time of Christ-exalting leadership. It will not be Jesus. He will be at the top, make no mistake, but He will appoint leaders who will exercise the leadership in a way that is Christ-exalting. Done will be the days, church, of corrupt politicians. Let me say that again. Done will be the days, church, of corrupt politicians. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. Done will be the days of, of... Wicked men voting in wicked men to for a wicked scheme. We, we, we know that this voting. It's not going to be like we can usurp Christ's authority. It's going to be Him as the King. And He will hand out authority as He pleases and as He wishes. Done will be the days of leaders who support anything, anything ungodly. It will be Christ as King and He will appoint leaders. Now listen close to me now. Not all believers will be allowed to rule and to reign. And here's why. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 14 and 15 teach us that there are some that will be saved yet as though through fire. In other words, there are some who will be saved such that they escape fire, but that's about it. They will have not been faithful believers. And that almost sounds like an oxymoron. How do you be a believer but not faithful? There will be non-diligent, non-passionate, very loose conviction believers that will be saved from the fire But that is about it. And we see this teaching made true by the Lord Jesus Christ Himself in Luke 19. He tells the disciples this story of a man who gives a sum of money to his servants. The man then leaves for a set period of time. He comes back and he says, what have you done with what I've given you? And some of the servants are able to come say, you gave me this much money, I was able to do this, and I turned it into this much more. And then the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. You're going to be in charge of this many cities. And he sets them over them. Another servant comes up and says, Lord, I had this much. Here's what I turned it into. Good, well done, servant. You're going to be in charge of this many cities. There's another servant that comes up and says, Lord, I, I knew you were a severe man. I took the money. I hid it away. I didn't do anything with it. I didn't do anything with what you gave me. And that is not a faithful believer. That is That is not... That's not the person who will be put in charge. It makes very clear through the story that Jesus tells us that 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 one will not be set in rule. So here's the translation. Here's here's the interpretation that we understand this morning is that that when Jesus, the King, is is ruling for a thousand years on this earth, there will be a son that He appoints to leadership and others that He will not. And, And if you're thinking to yourself right now, well, at least I'll be saved from the fire. You're missing it. You're missing it hugely if you think that that's just okay. I'm calling you to great faithfulness. The millennium will be a time of Christ exalting leadership. And I think that just perhaps that, that those whose checkbooks show now that they are faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't, think it's any, I don't think it's any accident that the one parable that Jesus gives us that gives us this very clear picture of who will be reigning and who will be not involves the dealing of money. Because the Bible says that where your heart is, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. It will be people that are faithful with what God has given them. They will use those things. 
That's why I'm scared not to preach. Not in this God will crush me kind of way. It's because I know that God has, he has called me to this. This is, this is what He has made me for. This, this is the money that He's given me. So I must use it and say, Lord, here's what I've done with what You have given me. The millennial reign will be a time of Christ-exalting leadership. When you are bailing hay and stacking it in the loft, the goal is to be able to step back and look at a loft that is full of hay. It means that all of the animals that you own will be able to be well fed throughout that winter. There's a goal standing by you. you when, when your shoulders are burning and you're tired of lifting these heavy bales, you continue to persevere on because there's, there's a greater overarching goal of getting it out of the field, dried up, bailed up, on the wagon and into the loft, nicely stacked, so that you have plenty for your animals that winter. So what I'm telling you today, church, is we ought to live life in the same kind of way. We're not bailing hay purpose, purposelessly. We're, we're going through this for a purpose. We ought to be faithful. We ought to do it with a smile on our face. Young teenagers, and we have many here today, you teenagers here, you, you ought not to just live as though nothing's going on. God is watching you. God is watching how you're obeying your parents and honoring them and your grandparents. God is watching how those things are going. Perhaps the things that you're doing today are the very same things that will make the determination of whether or not the obedience that God has given you, whether you've done something with those things. All of us, young men, we have a reason to live for the Lord in holiness and mind and purity and body. There's a reason that we're doing this because, because God is watching us. We must be faithful. We must be steadfast with what it is that He's given us to do. The millennial reign will indeed come. The millennium reign will be a time of unprecedented peace and it will be a time of Christ-exalting leadership. If you believe it, say amen. That one particular summer when I was 13 and baling hay, we were about halfway through. We were like at 500 or 600 bales that were in the loft and still many more to go. And, and we saw on the horizon what nobody when they're baling hay wants to see. Somebody tell me what it is. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Rain clouds. I'm glad you can feel my pain in this. Sure enough, we see rain clouds coming, and they're across the horizon. And it was one of those deals you pulled up. It's so long ago, my dad had a Blackberry. He was pulling up the radar, and you see the thing coming, and you see the little dot of where you are. So it was like, it was all a big question mark of whether or not the bales that were still out in the field and all that they were doing, it was a big question mark. It's like, man, it may miss us completely. It may come and completely hammer this whole area and all this hay is going to be wet. But, but what do you do when there's just a huge question mark? You, you can't just feverishly throw bales for 600 at a time. You'll wear yourself out and you won't get as many in. So what do you do? You just keep throwing the bales. You just keep stacking you just stay steady. It's, it's the way, if it does rain, it's the way to get the most in the barn until it does rain. You just stay steady. So what do I think we should do when we have great clouds of uncertainty that come across this world and particularly America today? With uncertainty in jobs and relationships in the future of our country with this election coming up and all that is coming, all these rain clouds, and we're like, man, I don't know if it's going to rain or not. What should we do? We stay steady. We continue on with what God has called us to do. No, I'm not going to bow to this secular agenda. I'm staying steady. I'm not going to overreact. I'm just 
like Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You want to live for wickedness? That's fine. I'm moving forward. I'm preaching the gospel. I'm going to continue on regardless until Christ returns. If you're going to do the same, say yes. The millennium will be a time that indeed comes church. There's a break coming. We can trust Him. We know it's coming. So we ought to, we ought to bail hay. We ought to live our life for the Lord with smiles on our faces, knowing that a relaxing, joyful time of peace is indeed coming. It's a time of unprecedented peace, like we've never experienced before. There'll be much to do, much purpose. It's going to be a good time, a time that, a time that don't feel worn out and ragged as a Christian today. It's, it's okay to, to exert ourselves now. This time is indeed coming, and it will be a time of Christ-exalting leadership. So position yourself such that you're useful in God's kingdom. Yes, today on earth, but in the ages to come, church, make yourself useful to the Master today. Do not treat Jesus as fire insurance. There are churches full of people all over America that are treating Jesus as a convenient fire insurance, and that's it. Don't do that to your Savior. He's given you too much to treat Him like that. Worship Him. Serve Him. Make yourself useful in His kingdom on this earth, this very day, this very week. Make yourself useful to, you, to Him in the kingdom that is to come, the millennial reign. Brian, if you would come and to lead us in worship, and if the rest of you would stand with me. Be encouraged, church. Be encouraged. Some of us feel tired, and I've been there. We must, we must stay encouraged of, of knowing what's coming. There's some things in this blueprint that we see absolutely. Things that I'm not so sure about, but there are some things that it's like, yes, this absolutely, no question. This will happen. It will happen. So stay encouraged. So young families, you keep raising your little ones for the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let the secular agenda, this satanic kingdom world in which we're in, don't let it swallow your little ones. Guard them. Protect them. I know the bales of hay have gotten heavy. You don't think that Abby and I think about that for our little ones growing up? that boy there's going to be some challenges that we have these bales feel really heavy it's like man how are you supposed to raise a young person to love the Lord Jesus Christ today keep on going keep on going you keep marching senior saint been around for a long time you've been on this earth God has equipped you with some things you keep on marching make yourself useful for his kingdom so the altar call today is for those of you that have never professed the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior that's the call and mission of this church to make disciples that are marked by love and loyalty. So I invite you, if you've never known the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'd love to show you His great love that He's made clear to us in His Word. But maybe there's some of you, church, you've not been useful, and you want to become useful in God's kingdom. I invite you to come as well, should there be any that come. Let's sing together.